In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, The other day, I was driving, waiting to turn south on 29 off that, the road where the uh, the Toys R Us used to be. Um, As at many of those intersections, there was a gentleman uh, waiting there with a sign um, asking for money. His his sign said, um, uh, down on my luck, anything helps, God bless. Um, Like like a lot of people, um, probably shouldn't do this, but I usually try not to make too much eye contact with with those folks, but this time maybe somewhat accidentally did, and at least partly because I was dressed in my pastor garb and uh, didn't want the guy to think that the priest was a cheapskate. I I got my wallet out, which is actually a hair scrunchie wrapped around my cards and money, (laughs) and uh, motioned the guy over and I usually try to give like two dollars because when you take more than one bill and fold them together, they look like more than they actually are. <laughs> um, but the lowest I had was a five, so I so I gave him the five. I said, uh, "Hang in there, brother." And he said, uh, uh, "I'm trying, but it's not easy." And, and then he did a little bit of a double take, and it occurred to me that he actually had not um, seen before when I made eye contact uh, what I was what is actually wearing. And he does one of these. He goes. Is that legit? (laughs) And and I said, yeah, it's legit. (laughs) And the funny thing was, is after I said it, I caught myself how I had said it. Really cool like that. It was as if I had a gold medal around my neck. And I was confirming to this guy that, in fact, I was the the fastest man on earth. And so I said, yeah, it's legit. So anyway, there's the phrase. Uh, Is that legit? Jesus. All this stuff I've been hearing about you. Is it legit? Are you the real deal king of the Jews? In our gospel lesson for today, the the guy that asked that question was about as far as you can possibly get in social stature from the guy who asked me the question and the way in which he was posing it is much more profound than the way it was posed to me, but it's, it's pretty much the same question. Are you legit, Jesus? Are you actually the king? Uh, you, you might know that this conversation, the one from our, our text, or this, it, it comes from a larger conversation between uh, the Roman governor and Jesus just hours before Uh, This Roman governor will hand Jesus over to be crucified, or at least attempt to wash his hands of the whole thing, which amounts to the same. And and I know in this conversation, oftentimes Pilate is is kind of looked at as this kind of snarky, sarcastic guy. (laughs) Like, um, are you really a king? Some king? Like, what is truth anyway? But I really think there's more to it than that. I think there's, there's more to his uh, are you legit question. In fact, the, very, the way the, the words are, are laid out and the way the story is told, the conversation recorded, I really think it reveals something to us significant about just who Pilate is and what he wants, or what he thinks he might want, maybe even the kind of king he wants. And in revealing that about Pilate reveals some things maybe about ourselves as well. 
It says, Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus, do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Uh, Literally, not to get too much in the weeds with Greek and stuff, but literally that says, Jesus' words, from yourself, you, are you saying this? Triple emphasis on the you. In other words, Pilate, (laughs) Pilate, are you having an original thought here? Or are you still performing? Are you saying this of yourself? Am I talking to the man, to a heart and soul? Or is it still to the robes and insignia? Are you playing your role here? Or for once, is it you? Did someone put this up to you? Or put you up to this? Can you once stop acting and answer for yourself? Are you so wrapped up in the pomp and circumstance that you really don't even know who you are? What truth is, if you ever did? You see, I think Pilate's a very conflicted man. From yourself, you, are you saying this? It cuts through all the conflict. Are you saying, I'm a king, says Jesus, the real you? And then between the lines, I think Jesus saying, what, Pilate? What, Pilate, if what I think you think might possibly be just a little bit true, what if it is true? What if I am legit, Pilate? What if I am the king? And what would that mean for your other kings? And are you ready for that? That's why I see Pilate anyway. The reason that Jesus looks him dead in the eye. At that moment, he knows what's coming. At that moment, yet he's still focused on the one in front of him, as Jesus always is in his ministry. Looks him dead in the eye. You, you, you. What do you think? Because he sees Pilate in this double bind of sorts. On the one hand, Pilate knows, at least he thinks he half knows, that Jesus might actually be legit. At least he has an inkling that maybe, maybe there is a different kind of kingship, a different way of being ruled. And yet he's so wrapped up in the other thing, in the other king. The the things he gets from it, the the things that are the comfort and the power, but not the peace that he cannot bring himself to actually answer Jesus' question honestly, because if he did, well, what if he did? Hmm. So now what about you? What do you say? Is Jesus legit? (laughs) Well, I know, and, and one way to ask that question of you is very different from Jesus asking it of uh, a pilot. I mean, all you have to do is look at the bulletin, right? It says it right there. Christ the King must be legit. <laughs> you can flip to the end. We're going to sing that great hymn. We're going to crown him with many crowns and, and Lord of love and Lord of years and Lord of life and all of that sort of stuff. Of course you say Jesus is King. But is he your King? Ruling over you. Ruling in you. And maybe answering that, at least answering that honestly, brings you a little closer to Pilate. Like maybe we really want him to be king, to rule that way, or like the idea of Jesus being that sort of king, making his ways our ways, and all that would mean. And yet we're so wrapped up in all those other kingships, other things that drag us away 
that we really find it hard to disengage from those and be ruled by the gracious king. I don't know if this will help you see what I'm getting at, but this, uh, this week I read a, a book review, I think I'll say her name wrong, of Emily Radichkowski's latest book. Maybe her only book. If you know who Emily Radichkowski is, it may surprise you that she writes books. <laughs> um, if you don't know who she is, she's a supermodel who got famous in 2013 after she pranced around in her birthday suit in a music video. So she's stunningly beautiful, and at least since 2013, a zillionaire now too. The title of the book review is Emily Radichkowski and the Burden of Being Perfect Looking, to which you say, ugh, (laughs) please, a burden. But reading the review, you, you come away at least as possibly as you can to feeling sorry for a zillionaire supermodel. Uh, she writes about how she flip-flops between one moment feeling just like super empowered, how she is in control, how she's special when she's on display, which is basically her job being on display. But then the next, she writes about how horrible it actually makes her feel when she has a moment to herself because she knows that she really does it only for the money and that people will take her seriously for nothing other than her body. And she hates that. The way I read it, she's got this one king, you see. The one king that gives her really good stuff, and it's really easy. Uh, Just be really pretty, and some creepy billionaire will give you $25,000 to sit in his executive box at the Super Bowl, which she got. But on the other hand, it absolutely sucks the life out of her because it eats her up inside, knowing that without my body, the title of the book, she's nothing. And so wonders what it would be like to have a different king. To be ruled by a king who where in his kingdom something other than being pretty is the coin of the realm. Now there's only a couple of us in this room who are zillionaire supermodels. (laughs) None. But you and me and Emily and Pilate, we're all the same when it comes to this king business. You see, on Christ the King Sunday, it's not a matter of whether we have Christ as a king or no king at all. The question is whether we'll have Christ as our king or one of the other 57 other kings, demanding kings, pulling our strings, pushing our buttons, determining what we do, how we look, how we act, what we say, who we hang out with, and what we post. Get this straight, no one ever anywhere has been king of his own castle. That was the first temptation in the Garden of Eden to the serpent, to to Adam and Eve. You can be kings of your own castle, you can be gods, but it's never ever happened. You will be ruled by Christ or by some other, some lesser king, some angry king, some violent, warring, bellicose king. That's what Jesus tells us after all, if you caught that. Jesus does describe these other kings. There's other kings of of this world. And the one telltale sign he tells us about them is that they are warring, fighting kings. He says, Pilate, if my kingdom were of this world, this is the way you would tell that my disciples would have been fighting. But they're not fighting. Because in Jesus' kingdom, you don't have to fight for anything. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? 
Under all the other kings, the kings we too willingly serve, for each inch of turf there's a battle. Emily has to stay just pretty and skinny enough to be something other than nothing. Pilate's got to constantly strategize, lay out his battle plans for the moves that will allow him to keep the insignia and their robes that he can't imagine what he is without. I don't think it's too much to say of each of us to think of wherever it is you feel that you are absolutely fighting a battle. That wherever you're fighting, whether it's with your spouse and your children, whether for prestige or recognition or a tribe that will accept you, uh, maybe just for plain sanity or a 15-minute nap. But wherever you are fighting, that is you being ruled by one of those 57 kings whose name is not Jesus Christ. Because you don't have to fight for his kingdom. For he's a different kind of king. His kingdom is a kingdom where you don't have to fight for a thing. Because with the battle scars to prove it, the kings fought everything already. Where everything worth having comes as an absolutely free gift. Where all those things that the folks battle for and those other kingdoms under other kings, the ones passing away, no one bats an eye at. Where you are loved no matter what. More than just love, where the king actually likes you, where instead of being court-martialed for your many false allegiances, you're just forgiven, and then forgiven again. Where there's always room at the table, where everyone, young is old, young and old, is a, is a child, where you can be you without fear. Doesn't it sound wonderful, this kingdom? Truly ruled by a Lord of love, a Lord of life, a Lord of heaven. But is it too good to be true? I mean, if it is true, this gracious king, this gentle kingdom, what would it mean for all those other kings that we're warring under? How would we then live? Those are Pilate's questions, and they're ours. So let's ask, is it legit, Jesus? All this stuff we've been hearing about you, are you legit, Jesus, like, like actually the real deal king? Can I, can I trust you, that, that thing on your head, that, that thing we call a crown? Is it legit? Hear ye, hear ye. In the stead and by the command of the royal king and by his authority, I announce to you, it's legit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.